Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Our number two of this special three-hour hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Don't forget, Governor Andrew Cuomo speaking at noon today, as he's been doing most Sundays. And then... Tom Barley is back one to four with doctors and your calls. So it's a beautiful day outside. Take the radio with you. Get the radio.com app. Put your earpod, your AirPods in. And uh, maybe you're going for a nice run this afternoon. Well, make sure you take WBEN along with you. Now, this segment, we are joined by congressional candidate Beth Parlato. Beth, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Beth, I'm doing well. How, uh, how have you been during all of this coronavirus crisis? Uh, actually, we're doing great. And I think all of us here in Western New York can say when you wake up to blue skies and sun shining, um, it puts everybody in a great mood. So it's a great day. And we have a lot of things going on. Actually, in my campaign today, we're, um, uh, I am Italian. And Sunday sauce has been something that we do. So we are actually doing Sunday sauce dinner for um, anybody who wanted to in the community. And we are giving out 300. We had 300 sign-ups. So we're giving out 300 Sunday sauce uh, dinners today between 3 and 4 o'clock. So I've been making pasta all morning. (laughs) uh, Sunday sauce is a a big deal for me, too, being Italian. And uh, as a kid, I grew up on Sunday sauce, and we still do it. But I think it's probably fair to say that's the only similarity you have with uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Would you agree? Oh, yes, it was. So I saw that. He tweeted that out, and um, I actually saw his press conference when he was talking about having Sunday sauce with his daughter. So I, I liked the picture of him having his pasta with his daughters. And, you know, hey, we're Italian. That is what we have in common, for sure. Yes, but tell me, what is your uh, view of what the governor has done with the New York pause order through May 15th? So I have to tell you, um, honestly, from the beginning of this back in May, I really did. I, I was I was pleasantly surprised at how uh, the governor was handling everything initially in New York State. I, I really was. Um, his press conferences, he was very informative. Um, he answered all the questions that were asked of him by anybody in the media, and I think he was really showing true leadership. And and actually, my opinion, even as a Republican, uh, that really was statewide. You saw his um, approval ratings really uh, go up during that time. Um, but I must say right now, I am pretty discouraged by what's going on because I am a firm believer that you have to start looking at our state. Our state's a big state. We're a big state. We have a lot of people here. And what is happening 
in smaller counties is not the same that's happening in the city of Buffalo and in New York City. And I think he's got to start looking at things county by county and regionally, and, and we need to start getting this economy on track. So um, I, I'm not I'm, – I'm a little discouraged now. So we still have another two weeks, so we'll see what he does after that. But I'm hoping he really does start to take a look at it, even county by county, not regionally, because what's going on in Erie County is not the same um, in Orleans County or Wyoming County when you have one case, positive case of COVID. So we really have got to look at things a little differently. Beth, to that point, um, the county by county, which personally I think is a good idea, like you said, um, there are counties that are a lot better off than Erie County or downstate. But do you think if Erie, say Niagara County was to open things before Erie County, and I mean things like restaurants, theaters, bars and stuff, do you think that that could bring the numbers up in Niagara County because people in Erie County would just hop over the border? And should the governor, if he does county by county, look at some kind of domestic travel, uh, not ban, but advisory? Well, I was thinking of it more or less in terms of what other states are doing where they're limiting um, capacities, right? So you want to start out small. So if you're going to start opening up restaurants, it doesn't matter if somebody from Grand Island, who technically is Erie County, drives five minutes over the bridge to get to Niagara County. That still should be okay if you're limiting your capacity to 25%. So I think that it has to be done in stages and then continue to look at the numbers because you know what? Um, the, the health and safety of Americans is first and foremost. So so I hope that everybody understands that those of us who do want to start opening up the economy, it doesn't mean we don't care about the health and safety because we do. We absolutely do. So um, I would think that I, it doesn't really, I mean, it's going to be hard to keep people. I mean, I live on a border. So how, I, you can take me for an example. I live actually right off a county line road, which technically is Genesee County, but three houses down is Erie County, and I pay Erie County taxes as far as my school taxes. So that would mean I'd be prohibited from even, even going to support somebody right down the street from where I live. So I, I don't know if that necessarily can work, but I think that you have to take into consideration the occupancy. Beth, uh, you are campaigning in very unusual times, obviously. Uh, how is your campaign affected? Are you doing social distancing? Where you ring a bell, perhaps, and step back? Or are you just doing teleconferences? Uh, what is uh, the campaign trail like for you in these times? Right. So right before all of this happened, as you know, we were in the middle of petition season. So I was literally knocking on 100 doors a day up until the time that the governor had said, okay, you know, we have these stay-at-home orders, and we just basically stopped cold turkey. So we had to get creative. And so the first thing we did is we said, look, at, um, we have a pandemic going on. There were people that weren't taking it serious. I was one that did take it serious initially and um, and still do. And so we decided to really just switch gears, and we stopped all of our campaigning back in March. I had five fundraisers scheduled for the month of March. I had uh, three meet and greets. We were only able to do one of those because that was at the beginning of the month. And we just stopped campaigning, stopped fundraising, and switched gears, and we decided to do um, really a community support effort. So we, uh, within 24 hours, we had our website changed, and we put up up a bunch of links where anybody could just click on links and if you needed any anything well no matter what it was if you needed your prescriptions picked up if you needed you know dish soap and laundry detergent you needed diapers for your baby we were putting together care packages and we were delivering them all over the eight counties so we've been doing that all up until 
you know, now. And today, like I had mentioned when we first got on, we decided to do something different. We're serving uh, dinners. And we made, uh, we initially made enough for 300, and our count is at 300. So we are making extra because we do want to deliver those to um, some workers and some hospitals so they could have some dinner tonight. So um, we're, that's one thing we're doing is helping the community. Then the other thing is, as far as campaigning, we did start picking up again about two weeks ago. And I'm doing a lot of Facebook uh, Facebook uh, and teleforums. So we've already had three, uh, what do you call those, teleconferences, I guess is what you want to say. So we've had doctors on. Um, last week I did one with Jimmy Kemp, and we talked about small businesses and the economy and what we need to restart the economy. So we have to just become creative to campaign differently when you can't go out and meet and talk in front of hundreds of people. And, Beth, I noticed that you uh, have unveiled your TV ad as well. Is it just television at this point? I, I'm sorry, Brenda, I didn't hear I, it, that cut out. Uh, I noticed that you've unveiled your TV ad. Are you just running commercials on television right now? Uh, yes, we're doing, we did TV, we did broadcast and cable. So we're, we'll be on air between now and June 23rd. So that that that's the plan. Uh, you know, we have eight counties to to be able to reach and get the message out. And so when you have that much vast area and you have that many people, you know that that's a good way to reach to reach voters. Beth, I'm looking at your um, at your Twitter, and yesterday you tweeted about the states that are reopening. Now, what is your issue with states that are not reopening, and what do you think they should do? Um, what they should do, because according to the tweet, you said it's really about health or about control. What did you mean by that? Well, what I meant by it is it, it, I was just watching the news yesterday morning. It wasn't even anything that I pre-planned to tweet about. And I'm watching the news and I've taken a look at the map and I pretty, I know the states pretty well and I know governors and things. I follow that type of stuff. And I looked at it and very quickly I noticed, okay, there's something in common here. Uh, the states that are not reopening are seem to have the Democratic governor. So I took a look. And sure enough, it was true, other than the exception of two, which is Massachusetts and Maryland. They happen to have a Republican governor, even though the states are blue. And um, so they were all blue states that are staying closed. And, and what I mean by that is it's almost it's om I'm getting the feeling that, you know, the governors are not taking a look and hearing what the rest of the state is saying we may have a lot of cases in new york city and in the city of buffalo and we may have a lot of cases in maybe baltimore or boston you know the bigger cities where obviously people live on top of each other you have to take public transportation it's it's a different environment than where than the rest of the states and so my point is that why aren't they looking at that why are these governors concerned about the economy because the we have got to be concerned about the economy. We have way too many people unemployed. Small businesses are the backbone of this country, and they're going to be out of business like for good. They're not going to be able to restart, and we need to care about that desperately. And I don't know what we can do to get the attention of, of well, at least for us in New York State, the attention of our governor. Somebody has got to get his attention. Somebody has got to stand up probably Democrat, like polling cars, and have a conversation, say, we have got to start opening up these small businesses, or we're done. Beth, I think um, Cuomo has expressed a desire to do that, but is trying to figure out the best way to make that happen, uh, region by region, county by county, and in phased ways, uh, after we see a two-week decline in hospitalizations. 
Do you think that's a good plan, or do you have other options for region by region? How would you specifically do it, and what would you say to the governor with that suggestion? Right. No, I think it's a good plan, but I but he keeps continues to say region by region, lumping Western New York um, in one region, and that's where I think the difference is because you can't. Uh, you know, Cattaraugus County again and Wyoming County are a lot different than Erie. So I don't think we can we can take a look at it region by region. You can't just say I think he broke it down into six regions. I don't think that's I don't think we can do that. He has to look more county by county and start getting it open. And do I think the numbers may go up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they probably will. I just I just don't know what other answer is other than you have to be able to continue the social distancing, continue the hygiene, um, you know, with, with what we're doing, masks, gloves, disinfectant, the six feet away. We have to continue to do that until uh, we get more testing. I mean, I'm a believer in the testing. I know there's a lot of people that don't agree with me, but, you know, I'd like to know if I have the antibodies. Well, why not? I, I I can't understand the logic of people who do not want to know that. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, uh, it's easier to put your head in the sand or ignorance is bliss. But mm-hmm. a case like this where this is so unusual and we're facing a pandemic unlike anything ever in our history. Right. Why would you not want to be tested? I, I don't understand the logic of that. I'm not asking you to answer that. I guess I'm just thinking out loud and asking a rhetorical question. We're talking with Beth Perilato, New York 27 candidate, New York congressional candidate. And, uh, Beth, you said you'd be willing to take calls, too, 803-0930. In the meantime, Beth, when you are um, talking to folks in mostly rural communities, uh, is there uh, a true, I think, appreciation for the severity of this? Or do people feel that because they're not in a heavily populated area, it may be less worrisome for them? I think that your second statement is correct. Um, I think that it's it's less worrisome out in the rural areas because I am talking to people, um, even though we can't get out and go door to door. You know, I spend my days making phone calls and talking to voters. And out in the rural areas, yes, um, it is less worrisome for them. Um, but again, in the it's it's just different. It's this, so you have to actually. The district I'm running in, New York 27, it doesn't include the city of Buffalo, and it doesn't include the city of Niagara Falls. We don't really have a lot of large cities. Um, it's, a, it's very much suburban, very much rural, and very much small businesses. We don't have big corporations where you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people working in one building. So um, I think that it's just a different – it's just different. And we have to look at all of that. Beth, let me ask you, what is your message to voters who are going to go to the polls on the 23rd, have to vote for someone who's going to sit in that seat and then also vote in the primary? What would you tell them to do? Right. Well, my understanding from talking to the state board of, uh, board of elections and also um, some of the county boards June 23rd is the primary date, so that's the first ballot. I think everybody's getting it confused, thinking you're going to vote for the special, then you vote for the primary. Uh, my understanding has been that's the primary date. The special just had to be moved to that. So if you're a Republican voter, you're going to go in, get your ballot, you're voting in the primary, then you have to get back in line, go to a different table, and get a special election ballot. So that's the understanding of how the process is going to be. And so when I got into this race, Back last summer, I got into it believing that there was going to be an open primary. That was the understanding. Um, pretty much of everybody, we did not know that um, Collins would be getting out of the, would be vacating his house seat in October. 
So I got into it as going in for the primary, and that's what we've been campaigning for all along. So I, um, I think I said to Brenda before when I was on the show that um, I had no illusion that I would ever get picked for a special election. I mean, I'm obviously the political outsider. I'm not a sitting state legislator. So I've been campaigning for the primary. That continues to be my message. And just it's a lot of education by telling the voters it's two separate ballots. I'm only on one of those ballots. Make sure you get the primary ballot and vote for me. Beth, uh, what about the notion of absentee voting? Do you think that's a, a good idea? Well, I have to tell you, I, um, I'm okay. I feel okay with the way that it's being handled. I was not for mailing everybody ballots, that mail-in voting. I wasn't for that, and I'll tell you why. Um, I know there's a lot of people that talk about the fraud, and that is a concern. But when I was out getting petition signatures, I have got to say, now this is a guess, so you know, I, this is just my opinion uh, personally, and I, I think I got over 400 signatures myself on petitions, so I was out every day, and probably one in 20 uh, was incorrect voting information. And, this is, uh, inf- and these, are, these are lists that I had gotten right from the Board of Elections, and they were, uh, I think if I started getting signatures on a Tuesday, this was, uh, they were supposed to be updated as, in, as up to Saturday. But what would happen is you'd get to a house and then the previous people had moved and they hadn't put in a new address. Or, you know, oh, that's my mother who's a registered Republican. She's now in a nursing home. So I just think that there's a lot. You have deaths. You have move, people move. You have, you have a lot of variables. Kids were away at college. And um, so mailing everybody a ballot would have been very concerning to me because even in Erie County alone, I was told they would have had to mail out, uh, what was the number, um, 900,000 or something ballots so be with all the different elections that were going on, I think there was way too much fraud. So right now, um, what they have to do is the governor ordered every board of election to send like a postcard to say, do you want an absentee ballot? You check a box. So only those people that mail that in will then get the absentee ballot sent to them. So it changes the dynamic. So I'm okay with that. I mean, there are still people who don't want to go to the polls, and I respect their decision. Yes, for folks who may not know, you're a, a former Darien Town Justice. You're an attorney. Uh, you've had a, a law practice for a lot of years. You're also a mom. Uh, so I, I, I'm curious to know, how is uh, your life? Is your family safe? Do you have any concerns about your kids in school? What's it been like for you on a personal level dealing with COVID-19? Okay. So I had two kids. That, two, well, my oldest daughter is married and lives in D.C., and my um, other two kids, one was a senior in college at Liberty University, and my son was a freshman in college living in the dorms at Liberty. So they had, when all of this happened, it actually was a spring break, and they were supposed to go visit my parents who live in Florida. So we canceled their trip, and my kids drove home, and then, of course, the university then closed, and they had to go online. So they've been home now since the middle of March. Uh, my, my middle daughter, she was supposed to graduate. Her graduation would have been May 9th, I believe. And, of course, that was all canceled. So it was a little bittersweet for her. But she just finished all of her classes. My son is actually studying for her. He has two finals tomorrow, so he'll be taking them. So it's been different. But I have to tell you, as a mom, I started out this campaign as an empty nester, and now I have – you know, my, the kids back and they've been able to do, they've been able to help a lot actually also on the campaign. So it's worked out good for me. And I'm the Italian mama bear. So I love having them home. Well, Beth, thank you so much for joining us. I am sure once the campaign trail heats back up, we will have you back on the show. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. 
Okay, thank you so much. I really enjoyed being with you guys. Enjoy your day. Thank you, you too. That is congressional candidate Beth Parlato running in the June 23rd primary. And as I said, I'm sure once uh, we calm down with coronavirus and are able to talk more about the campaign, we'll have all three three or four candidates on there around primary day. Hey, when we come back, open lines for a half hour. That's right. Open lines at 1130, so 803-0930. If you'd like to join the show, uh, and then at noon, Governor Andrew Cuomo. It's Hardline here on News Radio 930 W. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930. WBEN, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you until 1 o'clock today. Brenda. Yeah, oh, well, I can tell you who let the dogs out. As a matter of fact, yesterday it was uh, another new COVID-19 experience. Our little dog, Walter, who's uh, 18 months old and is the apple of our eye, was looking pretty darn shaggy. Now, I'm not sure who needs a haircut more, Walter or me, but uh, at the very least, uh, my husband and I decided we would take him to a local pet store that was offering um, self-serve baths. So we took the dog to uh, the store, and we did a a bath with Walter, and uh, the poor little guy was shaking throughout the whole process. But it worked out seamlessly. We, uh, We all wore masks. The staff stayed six feet away from us. We brought the dog in and put him in the uh, the tub and uh, cleaned him, and he looks like a new guy. So there was a new experience during this COVID-19 crisis, and I'm sure more to come. Oh, yes. We are uh... – would you say we're at the halfway point, Brenda? You know, I, I, that's the, the thing about this is we really can't put a time on it. You know, I think that's what makes it so difficult is the fact that there is no end in sight. And I, frankly, Joe, I think that uh, the halfway point is optimistic. I think it's still a ways to go, and uh, I, I hope it's sooner than later, obviously. All right, 803-0930, star 930. And from a state where things are slowly starting to open... It's Terry in Texas. Terry, good morning. Hey, good morning. This is a change on Sunday, huh? Yeah, Terry on a Sunday. This hasn't, I have not, I don't think, talked to you on a Sunday since Bellavia was hosting this show. Yeah, it's been a little bit. I typically, my weekends are more for nothing political or even of any importance, so I, I, I tend not to listen too much, but I got called out for work, so I'm going to go fix some air conditioners and 
check in with y'all, see what y'all got going. Yeah, we're glad you're on with us. Now, Terry, uh, stuff started opening in Texas yesterday. How's that going? It was pretty good. Um, I mean, uh, my wife, she went to the mall the first day that it opened, and she said that uh, the majority of the, clo- the stores were closed, like more of the corporate-type stores. Um, all the mom and pops or local retailers, uh, they were open, and they were very grateful to see customers coming in. She said the crowd was about average, but it was a Friday and, and, a, and a work day for some people or a school day, depending, you know, an at-school day type of thing. Um we did go to a restaurant yesterday, and this particular restaurant actually happened to be closed throughout this whole thing. They weren't offering to go uh, at all or anything, so they opened up. Um, we got there right around the time that they opened. It wasn't anything pre-planned. It's just they got good food, and we we were hungry, so we went. Um, I feel like had we not gotten there when we did, we probably would have had to wait in line or at least call in and make a reservation, wait in the car. Um, I mean, it was as packed as it could be. I'm sure every bit of 25% was covered. Um, They had basically like every other table uh, blocked off, uh, practice social distancing between the customers. Um, The wait staff all had masks on. Um, It's not a high, high high-end restaurant, but it's it's a pretty good restaurant, so it was a little weird that we ate with uh, plastic silverware, um, but I had the uh, tacos of the Caribbean, uh, grilled chicken uh, glazed with a honey sriracha with a mango salsa wrapped in a corn tortilla. Delicious. That sounds delicious, Terry. It really was. Um, all in all, man, I think you know a couple managers came over and you know thanked us for coming in. Everybody, I think every demographic was represented. Uh, there in the restaurant, um, older people, younger people, kids, uh, uh, families. I did see some groups of about six, which I think I told you they're trying to limit the seating to six people uh, in a group. But when we when we left, we ate and left because we understood there were other people that wanted to get in. When we when we left, you could see a bunch of people sitting in their cars. I presume they were waiting, you know, for their or, or for a table to become available for them and. Uh, just driving around the city doing what we were doing, man, just typical Sunday as best as it can be. It looked like a lot of restaurants were just like that. I, I think a lot of people just want to get out there and, you know, try to ha- try to live some life of normalcy. Hey, Terry, I know there's a, a heat wave uh, in Texas currently. Do you think that will deter people from wearing masks uh, all the more? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. I've told you before, I mean, um, I don't see people wearing the masks here like I hear about people wearing the masks there. I, I, a lot more of the people that I see wearing the masks are probably uh, employees that um, are, are told to wear the masks. Um, when we went to, like, some of the, you know, the, uh, uh, I guess, home supplies shopping stores yesterday, um, there were people in line. We waited in line for quite a while there and at a sporting goods store. Virtually nobody had a mask on. Um, some people have them. I see a lot more people wear masks in their cars uh, by themselves than I do, like, out out and about shopping. So I guess that's some people take that as, well, you guys suck in Texas or something. But um, uh, And apparently at the beach yesterday, or not the beach, there's a, a local lake in Lubbock that a lot of people like to go to and hang out. Uh, supposedly their crowds were above, like, 4th of July type numbers. Some of the game wardens were posting videos. They didn't have any problems or anything. They tried to do the best to keep people uh, socially distanced. And, you know, um, it's different here. I feel like it's a lot different, you know, than, than, than where I hear from Chicago, where my mother lives, and New York, where my father lives, the Buffalo area. 
Well, Terry, thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy the weather. It was good to hear you on a Sunday, and I'm sure I'll talk to you this week. Yeah, great to talk to you both. You have a great day, and I enjoy that weather. Y'all getting out there, too? We, we will for today, for sure. 803-0930, star 930. Terry opens up a line for you, and we'll move to our friend Kevin in Pendleton. Kevin, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good, good morning, Brenda. And um, I bet Palato, I had the, the privilege of uh, meeting her in person at one of her um, um, meet and greet sort of um, events um, that someone hosted. And uh, she's a class act. She's a class lady. And, um, and uh, you know, so she has her work cut out for her because she's definitely uh, a Republican outsider within the Republican Party. And they've been trying very hard to try to convince her to get off the ballot, uh, you know, and, and not primary Jacob. So I say, Mrs. Palato, keep plugging there. Um, by the way, I want to ask you all, um, Beth Palato, we have Chris Jacobs, we have Stefan Mahayu, and of course, Nate McMurray. Is, are these the only individuals running in NY27, the congressional district? You know, it's funny. We talked about that this week. Uh, I think those are the only declared, unless, Brenda, you can think of someone else. Uh, those are the ones I can think of. I, I don't know of any others at the moment. Uh, well, alert the Libertarian Party of New York and Erie County. There is a candidate also by the name of Dwayne Withmore, an accountant, a small businessman. And um, just to let you all know officially that there is also someone also in for the 27th that should at least be given some equality at time. So just want to let you know that. But um, getting on to picking up from what you're speaking about, how the electoral process has been impacted by um, COVID, you know, virus. You know, this it opens an opportunity to really um, review the electoral process and to see, you know what, Maybe we should move away from the wagon wheels way of campaigning and going door to door and stuff like that. Um, maybe we should now look into voting from home, you know, with national organizations like UNRIC that exist. Um, the SAM Party, for example, is on board there and a number of other um, organizations. So that's something to also, you know, to, to, to look at. Because let's face it, folks, the system is rigged for either Democrats or Republicans. And right now, you know, folks are hurting so much that this looks like it's going to be, uh, you know, to the advantage of incumbents. And we run the possibility that Nick McMurray could end up being our congressional representative for the 27th. And the reason why I, I say this is because, you know, right now, as I said, folks are hurting so much financially and everything with this uh, current crisis that the message I see coming out of all the camps uh, from the Republican side, they're still talking about issues that is the least of people's concerns. So, um, you know, and the I, I think it, it could be McMurray and maybe even that third party candidate, you know, you never know because, you know, um, when folks say stuff like, um, for example, let's say, look at New York, for example. You know that Donald Trump can't win New York, right? And that's a given fact. So um, when you're voting and you cast your ballot for Donald Trump out here in the state of New York, which you know he can't win, you're not really voting for Donald Trump. 
your vote basically is going to the advantage of the, uh, you know, the party bosses who takes those da- that data and go to Washington, and that gives them, you know, um, you know, it gives them data that they can use for for their advancement in the swamp out there, you know, um, you know, whether it's for um, access or financial gain or even prominence within the swamp. And it's a wasted vote to just like in Texas, where you'll vote for Joe Biden, right? Because we know that mostly Texas is primarily, you know, a, a Republican, you know, stronghold. So maybe folks should start now looking down the ballot and maybe at third party, you know, candidates. You know, what do you think? I think it would be a very difficult road to hoe, Kevin. Uh, I think right now people are so distracted by what's happening. I'm not sure that that's even on their uh, on their radar. Uh, and I think it's difficult for the quote-unquote mainstream candidates to uh, maintain their position when there's so many distractions right now. Kevin, thank you so much for the call. That is Kevin in Pendleton opening up a line for you at 803-0930. Brenda, what do you say we go back to the phones and talk to Tony and Clarence? Tony, good morning. Yeah, first of all, I want to thank both you and Brenda for having the wonderful shows that you put on each and every Sunday. Very informative, uh, matter of fact, etc. Uh, I thank you both. First of all, I'd like to tell uh, Terry in Texas that this morning the CDC pointed out that they have a huge outbreak in Texas, and they cited the number of cases, which I forgot to write down. But they have the most cases of COVID-19 going. So opening up Texas, whatever, I'm not, you know, if you had a good time, fine. But on the beach, tell me how you can stay six feet apart. That's my first point. My second point is Alan and the newscast pointed out about getting checks. There are 14 uh, million unbanked people in this country. In other words, they can't get the check direct deposit. These people are facing a delay. I don't know how long the delay is, but the Treasury pointed out it will be a delay. And Alan on his newscast did do that. My last point is simple. To Beth Carlotto and every other politician, including our governor, I ask this question very, very much in a philosophical way. Brenda, how much is a life worth? Is it worth opening up to kill somebody? Don't, isn't the first responsibility of a government to protect its people? make them secure, how much is life, if you want to say, hey, why don't we kill 3,000 more people if we open up the economy? Wonderful. What if it's my brother? What if it's my father? What if it's my grandmother? What if it's your relative? Do you want them to die because somebody's taking and opening up an area? Look at, go look at Texas right now. You'll find out how opening it up isn't going to work. Thank you. Well, Tony, thank you for the call, as always. Uh, First thing I want to address is the coronavirus or the COVID-19 cases in Texas really can't be attributed to the open, right, Brenda? Because the state really just reopened yesterday. Right. I think uh, obviously it would be way too soon to attribute it to that, but it, it makes me wonder, is it attributable to people who perhaps were not wearing masks, washing their hands, maintaining social distance? 
uh, they asked the question. And what I found really interesting uh, today, uh, Joe, I heard earlier that Dr. Deborah Burke said, quote, it would be devastatingly worrisome um, when she saw, it was asked to comment about the scenes of protesters not wearing masks and not maintaining social distancing. So, you know, no matter your political bent, the facts remain that you have to, you know, practice these guidelines, the masks, the, the gloves in some cases, wiping down surfaces, maintaining social distance, um, making sure that you're not around people who are vulnerable and, you know, keeping isolated the best you can. Uh, you know, that's the rub. I mean, that's the debate. And I don't think there are any easy answers on any side. I mean, I understand the need to open the economy and to have business. But how do you do that if people aren't willing to comply with what's happening? When I see these protesters, it really concerns me that there many of them are not wearing masks, that they're shoulder to shoulder, and that they're just sort of discounting uh, these guidelines. Yeah, the videos out of Michigan this week, I thought, were really disturbing. Uh, They weren't wearing masks, and you even had some protesters getting in the face of police officers. You know, we've seen that way too many times in the past. And, I mean, you want to protest? I I think protesting these stay-at-home orders is a bad idea, and I also think it, it, it... gives uh puts a lot of people in danger of contracting the virus uh but the last thing you need to do is especially is get in the police officer face i mean that is just an awful scene it's awful optics um and the police the police the first responders do so much for us do so much for the communities um they don't deserve to be treated like that no nor do any of the medical workers uh you know these people are on the front line quite literally and putting their lives at risk. And so, you know, Tony raises a good point, but so do all the people who say the economy has to open. It's not an easy solution. I, I don't think we'll have any answers soon, but I do see that there is some encouragement. I think we've come a long way uh, in a short time, Joe, because now when I walk into a supermarket, everybody is masked. And, uh, and I think that people are really starting to comply with things that we can control. And so that's my hope, that we'll continue to, to control the best we can and move forward and try to flatten that curve and reduce that two-week hospitalization rate so that we can get back to some degree of business. For sure, for sure. And, and you know, I, I think I brought this up earlier, the protest sign that says, um, you know, people are protesting the, wear, the wearing masks, saying it's not constitutional. And someone said, well, then I guess wearing clothes also not constitutional. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I understand everyone, you know, freedoms of the Constitution, but does it give you the right to go out there and mindlessly spread or um, irresponsibly spread a virus that could kill a good number of people if we didn't take action? No question about it, Joe. No, it's time to be responsible. And I think most people are respectful of that. And uh, we're not going to have 100 percent agreement across the board. That's what makes this country great. But Let's think about it. If it was your mother or father or elderly relative or a compromised person, how would you feel about bringing that virus home? Or how would you feel hearing that somebody in their 30s died? It's just it's really scary stuff that we need. We need some measure of control over. Yeah. Now, Brenda, this might be a goodbye for us. The governor is supposed to speak at noon. Obviously, we will bring that to you. If it is, we will talk to you next week. If not, We'll talk to you in a few minutes right here on News Radio 930 WBEN.
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.